Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, another wild week, and this is a Donald Trump week, uh, so we attribute the frenzy and the wildness and the insanity to him. As you're aware, I try to avoid uh, speaking about him on the show or speak very little about him because there are other things going on in this world, and I want to know about him, and I know you want to know about him, and we don't hear about him too much on national television uh, or in the, the media. But tonight, I must start with uh, four or five items concerning Donald Trump, uh, because they're important. Uh, Boy, his life moves fast. He comes up with problems all the time for our country. Uh, So I want to share these four or five items with you and tell you what I think. You draw your own conclusions. But I am starting with Donald Trump tonight, because I want to share with you some things the president has been doing the last few days, which I believe are destroying the country. Let me add to that, that I spoke of these items this morning also. Uh, I wrote about them, rather, in my blog because I felt they were that important, and I repeat repeat them this evening. 1,500 people left Honduras and Guatemala a few days ago. 1,500 citizens, poor people, families, young, old, children, babies, and they're escaping. They're escaping Honduras and Guatemala because life there is not good. Uh, There are gangs. There are drugs. People are getting killed on the streets for no reason because of the gangs and the drugs. Uh, There's not enough food. The economy sucks. There's no work can't make a proper living, cannot feed the family. So for those reasons, 1,500 people have left Honduras and Guatemala. They're seeking freedom and a better way of life. And where can that be found? The best place in the whole world is the United States. Now, this group of 1,500 is being referred to in the media as a caravan. The president is referring to this group of 1,500 as a caravan. They are now in Mexico, and they're on their way to the American border. Along the way, the Mexican people are caring for them, and the government's throwing in a little help for them also. Tweet, uh, tweet, Trump tweeted yesterday that Mexico has strict immigration laws, and he could not understand why they were not enforcing them raid the caravan, because if they were enforcing them, the caravan wouldn't have gotten as far as it did in Mexico. Well, as usual, Trump was wrong. Mexico passed a very stiff law regarding immigration in 2008. However, within three years, it had a change of mind. And in 2011, passed another law, one which was completely different, diametrically opposed. The thrust, the purpose of the new law 
help those in need of help. Help the immigrants. Okay, so now we've got 1,500 people on their way through Mexico to the United States. Some of them plan on seeking asylum. Excuse me. The rest plan on crossing the border wherever they can into the United States, wherever they will be able to so do. Now, when these people are crossing the border, I mean, they're they're illegals. There's no question. They don't belong in our country. They're illegally coming into our country. Uh, What are Trump and Sessions going to do? Are they going to shoot them? Because I don't know how you're going to stop them. They're going to come in mass across the border, different places, and there's only one way to stop them, shoot them. And I can't believe Donald Trump or Jefferson Sessions would have the balls to do that. Uh, it, it would be totally, absolutely wrong. Uh, get them together, you know, throw them in jail if you want. You don't shoot them. But I have a fear we're going to have a massacre when these people come across the border. And that's why I'm talking about this tonight, my fear of a massacre. Uh, around 5 o'clock, the news came forth this evening that uh, Trump was considering using the military to stop them. i got to say this. If we use the military, are they going to shoot these people who want to get across that border? They want, they must get across that border for all the usual reasons. It's the new life. It's hope for them. Are the military going to shoot them? I got to tell you, whether the guards, the guard our border, or the military shoot them, or anyone shoots them, it's not the American way. We don't do that. That makes us and equates us to a banana republic. Okay. Another problem. Trump keeps saying, my friend Putin, Putin keeps screwing him and screwing the United States. When Trump's going to learn this man is not our friend, I don't know. But what's he talking about the last couple of days, Donald Trump? He wants a meeting in the White House with Putin. He and Putin sit down in the White House to talk. Well, in quotes, I describe it as a genius move. It's like inviting the fox into the hen house. You got it. It would be Trump inviting the fox into the hen house. Where the hell Trump gets these ideas from, I don't know. Now let's talk about Attorney General Jefferson Beauregard Sessions. What a lovely name from the Deep South. Jefferson Beauregard Sessions, a man from Georgia. He's a bigot. Unquestionably, I I doubt if any of you would argue that point with me, but if there are those who would, you are very few. He's a bigot. You can see it. He doesn't know it, because I've learned in life, bigots never know they're bigots. They think they're being so good and kind to everyone. But everyone knows he's a bigot. Now, they're going to build a new courthouse in Miami, $32 million courthouse. A $32 million grant has been provided by the government to construct this new courthouse in Miami. And guess what they're considering naming it? It has already been tentatively named. And guess what again, my friends? You got it. The Jefferson Beauregard Sessions Miami Justice Center. I repeat, the Jefferson Beauregard Sessions Miami Justice Center. Uh, Why? How did this all come about? It seems Miami was set to become a sanctuary city. We know Trump and Sessions oppose sanctuary cities everywhere in the United States. Uh, 
Somehow, Sessions was able to convince Miami Mayor Jimenez to back off from the sanctuary city position. I think because of that, and because Miami's a huge city, a reward was due Sessions. And that is why they put the name out there that we're going to name this thing the Jefferson Beauregard Sessions Miami Justice Center. Well, think, my friends, just last year, we were removing statues and changing the names of public buildings <coughs> that were named after Confederate heroes. Seems to me the re- reasoning behind that should apply here also with this courthouse that, you know, the Jefferson Beauregard Sessions Miami Justice Center. Uh, the Attorney General is named after his father. His father was Jefferson Beauregard Sessions. I love that Beauregard. His father was named after two heroes of the Old South. One, Jefferson Davis, president of the Confederate States of America. The other, P.G.T. Beauregard. P.G.T. Beauregard was the Confederate general who oversaw the bombardment of Fort Sumter the bombardment which began the Civil War. I fail to understand why they're going to name this new courthouse after Sessions. Another thing involving Sessions. He says, I don't have enough immigration judges. If there were more, I could deport many more immigrants each day. If there were more, I could deport many more immigrants each day. Uh, This has nothing to do with what I'm sharing with you right now, but I want you to be aware of this. It's just a piece of information. Immigration immigration judges do not work within the department or under the Department of Justice. They are part of the executive branch of government. I never knew this until I researched this article. Immigration judges work under the president, the executive president. Now, a television show over the weekend indicated the time of a judicial hearing by a ju- immigration judge, raid deportation was less than one minute. In other words, they're going to throw your ass out of this country because you're an illegal immigrant. It takes less than one minute for the judge to hear the proof. There's only one or two questions they're concerned with, and he orders you out. Actually, the average time, if I recall properly, was 38 seconds. <clears throat> the scenario with these immigration judges and how quickly they're throwing people out and how Sessions is screaming, I need more immigration judges. He needs thousands of immigration judges, he says. This scenario reminds me of Hitler complaining that there had to be a swifter way of disposing of Jews. So he had a commission come up with the solution, the gas chambers. Okay, I say, And here's how I look at it. More judges is to immigrants, I repeat, more judges is to immigrants as the gas chambers were to Jews. The stock market went down 450 points yesterday, uh, the first day of the new quarter. Isn't that terrific? Uh, I think this is the first day in the history of, of the country that the stock market went down on the first day of the second quarter, uh, went down. And it went down 450 points, which was dramatic. It went up to the last day, so it was around 140 points. Uh, but it's not healthy for the economy. We're up and down right now. 
last week we had a day what or the week before seven hundred and twenty four points. Uh can't do this. You can't run a country like that up and down with the economy. Now why did the stock market drop four hundred and fifty points yesterday? You have to look at this. Cause and effect, the reason why, and it has to do with Donald Trump. There's two reasons. The first, China was retaliating against Trump's tariffs. China named 125 U.S. imports it would impose tariffs on, including fruit and pork. Now, I think Donald Trump thought, hey, I can do whatever I want. I impose tariffs, and all these countries will pay that extra money. Uh, screw them. We're the United States of America. Well, you get, as you treat other people, you get treated. What does it do unto others as you would have them do unto you? This tariff thing is absolutely stupid. China's saying, piss on you. <laughs> and they're becoming, it isn't Russia that's our primary opponent in the world today. It's China. Russia talks with bluster, but they don't have the wherewithal, the economy, or the military. they got nuclear weapons, it's all, to oppose us. China has everything today. They've gotten ready for this time in history, and they want to be numero uno. They don't want to be number two. So we have a tariff war with China. We're going to have it with other countries immediately, too. And we know from history that tariff wars could, can lead to a worldwide depression, depression rather, or an all-out real war. Herbert Hoover. Excuse me for coughing today. Herbert Hoover was president of the United States during the Great Depression, the worst depression ever to hit the United States. The economy was in flux before the Depression hit. Hoover saw it coming. Hoover thought tariffs were the answer. If he imposed all these tariffs, it would turn the economy around. It wouldn't go down in the dumps. It would go up. He was wrong, obviously. We had the Great Depression. I think Trump's wrong. I sometimes think these days that Hoover has returned and sits on Trump's shoulder, whispering in his ear, tariffs, tariffs, tariffs. The other reason uh, that the market went down is Trump is vindictive. He's mean man, a mean, mean man. Uh, The person who owns Amazon owns the Washington Post. Amazon is one of the most successful businesses in the world. We should be grateful we have it in this country. They make money. They employ thousands. The thing works good. The Washington Post is one of the leading newspapers in this country, and it is politically opposed to Donald Trump. So the same person owns Amazon and the Washington Post, and the Washington Post beats the shit out of Trump almost every day, and properly so. Now, Trump in the last few days has gone on an oral and tweet diatribe against Amazon, knocking the hell out of Amazon for all kinds of invalid, inaccurate, improper reasons. As a result, Amazon stock has dropped, contributing to the overall market drop. Uh, You can't do what he's doing. He's committed now to destroying Amazon, teaching them a lesson because the guy who owns Amazon owns the Washington Post and the Washington Post opposes him. That's enough about Trump for the moment. 
I want to talk about a very pleasant evening last night, watching the championship game of the final four, the last game of the NCAA tournament. Villanova and Michigan, great ball game. Villanova won big time, 79-62. Outstanding team this year, Villanova. The last two games, they made so many three-point shots. In the game Friday night, I forget who they beat Friday night, Kansas, I think I can't remember, but they made 13 out of 18 three-point shots in the first half alone. I mean, they're fantastic. Absolutely. All of the five people on the floor for Villanova can make three-pointers with no problem, and they work to get the three-point shot. They don't take the layup. They throw the ball back out. They want the three-point shot, and it works for them. Interestingly, last night, too, and I know some of you are basketball fans. The rest of you I'm not trying to bore, but it was an exciting evening. The number six man on the team, he is the first substitute. He gets in pretty early in the game, but may not play long. Italian fella, his name is Dante Domenica, I think is his last name, Domenica. He came off the bench. He's the sixth man on the team. He scored 31 points for Villanova, the game of his lifetime. He was the outstanding player, of course, in the final game. Wow, what a game this kid had. Okay, uh, now. What are we going to talk about now? I want to talk about Easter Sunday. Uh, Why do I want to talk about Easter Sunday? Because I didn't talk about Easter Sunday last week. (laughs) All right? Uh, You know, it was Tuesday, and I forgot. Good Friday was coming. Seder was coming. Easter was coming. Sometimes you forget down here. Every day is the same when you live in Key West. I don't care what day of the week it is, what time of the year. Every day is the same. Nothing wrong with that. It's wonderful. Everyone should experience this. But I I got my days and holidays screwed up. So I'm going to talk about Easter Sunday today a bit. Uh, And when I talk about it, I'm I'm sharing with you my thoughts uh, about how people dress on Easter Sunday. Uh, Because it's changed over the years how they dress. I can remember when I was a young man, again, I keep telling you I'm 82, during World War II, for example, I was 5 to 10 years old. My God, Easter Sunday, I got new clothes, I had pants, shoes, shirt, tie. My mother wore a hat, she had a new dress, my father a suit, and we went to church uh, as a family, and then we went to dinner, either my big family dinner, my parents' home or my grandparents' home, generally my grandparents' home, the whole, the whole, the whole Patron clan was there. But people dress that way. People don't dress today. So let me, let me talk about this a little bit because I believe you're going to find it interesting. Uh, but let me start this way. Matthew 20:19. He said, Matthew 20:19. on the third day he will be raised to life. On the third day he will be raised to life. Luke 24, he is not here, he has risen. Very famous words. He is not here, he has risen. That's an opening for an Easter Sunday uh, story about clothing. Stay with me. Then came Irving Berlin, 1933. He wrote the musical. He wrote the song Easter Parade. You know, in your Easter bonnet with all the frills upon it, you'll be the grandest lady in the Easter Parade. Lovely, lovely tune. Sung today. Everybody loves it. Well, that brings me to a word called change. Uh, 
certain things change. Change is what I call a constant. Uh, in certain areas, you, you be assured, rest assured, be guaranteed there's going to be change. Um, one thing that's a constant is, is life is death. We all know we're going to die. That's for sure it's a constant. Uh, now, when it came to close here during for Easter Sunday, that wasn't a constant. It kept changing. It kept changing. And that's why I talk about it, because of the change. So let me jump into it here. We go back to 400 A.D., 400 years after the birth of Christ. Constantine the first, emperor of Rome. And what did he do? In the early 4th century, he ordered his subjects to dress in their finest clothes and prayed in honor of Christ's resurrection. Then there were other decrees and things that developed over a period of time. In Tudor days, superstition originated, which claimed that unless a person had new homespun cloth, new homespun cloth available at Easter, moths and crickets would eat his old clothes. If he didn't have new clothes to wear, moths and crickets would eat his old clothes during the course of the next year. The Irish, the Irish added a vestige that stated, and I quote, for Christmas food and drink, for Easter new clothes. I repeat, for Christmas food and drink, for Easter new clothes. A 15th century proverb from Poor Richard's Almanac, would you believe that? Poor Richard's Almanac, states that if on Easter Sunday some part of the outfit is not new, Got to wear some piece of your clothes, has to be new. One will not enjoy good luck during the year. Beware, better wear a piece of new clothes or you're going to have bad luck during the year. Then we go to German settlers in Pennsylvania as early as 1782. German settlers in Pennsylvania as early as 1782. They paraded in new dress on Easter Monday. Because in those days, in Pennsylvania, by the Germans, Easter was celebrated as a holiday on Easter Monday. And they continued parading this way for a century in new clothes, of course. Now, the big one comes into play. The big one about, you know, the Easter parade, the bonnets, their frilly clothes walking up and down Fifth Ave. This began in 1870. And here's how it came to be. Ladies of various religious congregations along New York City's Fifth Avenue began directing, directing, decorating churches with fresh flowers. Uh, and it developed in New York City that at the same time that they were decorating the churches with fresh flowers, half the women doing it, half the women doing it, were decked out in their best finery. A few years went by, and all of a sudden the ladies and their escorts began walking to other churches on Easter Sunday to see the floral arrangements and be seen. They wanted to be seen dressed in their finery. And this is between 49th and 57th Streets on 5th Avenue. By 1900, Easter Sunday was rivaling 
Christmas as a merchant's dream. That's how much new clothes people were buying Easter. And spread rapidly from New York City to other cities. 1933, as I said earlier, Irving Berlin wrote the Easter Parade, which made an impact. Fifteen years later, Judy Garland and Fred Astaire made the movie Easter Parade, which became one of the most profitable movies made up to that time. As I mentioned earlier, in my I'm 82 in my early days during World War II, especially in the years afterwards, I remember we all dressed up. No matter how poor we were, we got some form of new clothes or a hand-me-down from a cousin who outgrew his clothes. Uh, so we, in effect, were dressing with new attire. And we went to church as a family and then to dinner uh, at our house or a relative's house. Uh, and the dinner, by the way, on Easter Sunday was only exceeded by Christmas Eve dinner. I was I was Italian. An Italian house Christmas Eve, the seven fishes is the meal. Christmas Eve was the biggest dinner of the year. Number two dinner of the year was Easter Sunday dinner. Women started wearing hats, big time, new ones, big ones, little ones, frilly and flowered. So Easter Sunday became a time when people dressed up, went to church, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They don't do it that way anymore. No one dresses up for anything in this country. To show you how this works, flying in this country, commercially flying to go from one city to another, you buy a plane ticket and go on a plane. We, when planes started, became popular commercially, and I'd say this would be sometime in the mid 1950s. You dressed up when you went on the airplane. Men wore suits and ties and the ladies dressed. That's how you flew in those days. Whether you were flying to Europe, to New York City, or anywhere, you dressed. So that's the way it was then. But we don't do it anymore. We still go to church. Not as many do because as I, my position is religion is dying. But they still go to church, not in the same numbers, and they don't dress because no one dresses anymore for anything because that's just the way it is. So I extend to all of you a belated happy Easter. Want to talk? This is going to shock you now. Monsanto. What does Monsanto do? We all know what Monsanto does. Monsanto's out there trying to grow foods scientifically, artificially, which can be used because our, our, the whole world, we're, our population gets bigger and bigger, and it's an established fact that in this century, whether early or late, I'm not sure, there is not going to be enough food to feed the people of the world, so we've got to learn how to make food in laboratories, all right? And Monsanto's into this big time, and a lot of the stuff they produce is crap, and people get sick. They came out with a pesticide, Roundup. And it's still being sold. They sell it here in Home Depot in Key West. But it's a carcinogenic. Many countries have, out, have rejected, rejected absolutely Roundup. Certain countries won't even let Monsanto in. Russia, when they wanted to come in about six, seven years ago, Putin said to them, you're not coming into my country. Roundup with anything. They didn't want any of their products. The, the reason about, I'm telling you about the, the uh, Roundup, the herbicide, the pesticide, is because in it is something called glyphosate. Glyphosate. And the problem is it has recently been found in beer and wine. 
in beer and wine being sold in this country and in Europe, California wines, some American beers, okay, some popular brands, and you can't drink this shit. You're going to die at some point. So the beer companies, the wine companies are moving their asses fast to clean this up and to change the composition of their product. You haven't heard about it. Very few people have heard about this. I guess it's something that maybe even the government doesn't want publicized. In 2013, an organization called Save the Children reported that the United States has 50% more infant deaths on day one of life than all other developed countries involved. Can you believe that? 50 more, 50%, 50 more, we have 50% more infant deaths on the first day of life than all the developed countries in the world combined. Terrible. And this is the key to it, that article, Save the Children 2013, said it was due to the widespread use of herbicides and pesticides like Roundup. That's the show for this week. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, I've got more material here, but I'll have to save it for next week. I want to talk to you about that to Jonas Salk, the man who discovered the vaccine that killed polio, infantile paralysis, because uh, I think it's interesting and important. But we'll get to that next week. Again, thank you for joining me. Uh, I, I've written a book. I keep telling you every week, the book's selling. So people are listening, people are buying, people are enjoying. The book is Irma and Me. It's about the hurricane and uh, the good and bad of my experiences during the hurricane. Buy it. Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com, $14.95. Tons of pictures, but lots of words, and you will enjoy my experience. Uh, Other than that, I have nothing more to say, but again, Thank you very much for joining me. I look forward to being with you next week again. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.